Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fight. And this episode, like all episodes, are brought to you by 1-800-CONTACTS. If you need great contacts from great people, go to 1-800-CONTACTS and they will hook you up. So I'm going to be answering some questions that we got from our Instagram. So our last episode, I interviewed a young woman by the name of Lacey. And she shared very candidly about some struggles that she has, some struggles and concerns that she has with younger girls in regards to not dating F boys. And you know what the F stands for. It doesn't stand for friendly. Okay. It stands for something else. Now, if you're not familiar with that terminology, go listen to the last episode. We break it down for you pretty good on that episode. So what we did was we put out on IG uh, the question, what exactly do you want as parents to help you Uh, Or what questions do you have for me that can help you avoid or help your daughters avoid sexually promiscuous boys? Because that's what really F boys are. But the way they go about doing it is very manipulative. So we put out that question and we got some really great, great questions. And so I want to answer a few of them today. Probably have to answer some of them in my next episode and post those later. But I got some of those for you right now. So let's go ahead and get to some of these questions. All right. second (laughs) okay first one um how to teach girls not to be passive saying no and meaning it well i talked about this in my last episode it's difficult for a parent to teach a girl how to say no and mean it here's the reason why it's not because they don't know what the word no means it's not that they haven't said it before like they'll say no i don't like that outfit No, I don't like that hairstyle. No, I don't want to do homework. However, knowing this situation is going to be a lot harder because it's something that the parents are telling them. So for example, when you're hanging out with your friends and I'm talking about this is a teenage girl, uh, if a friend says, Hey, you want to hit my vape pen? You want to try this, uh, this new mod that I have? It's like purple grape, strawberry, kiwi flavored. It's going to be really hard for teenagers to be like, no, I do not vape. And my parents told me that it's unhealthy for me. And the type of religion or the type of family I come from, we do not condone doing such things. So no, I'm sorry. That's not usually the description that young teenagers are going to give. Very similar to um, when they're in a dating situation. If a boy asks them, or not a dating situation, but they're flirting with a boy. If a boy asks them to send them some naked pictures Or if a boy um, says, hey, will you do something to me sexually? When we were talking about F-boys in the last episode, we talked about how they'll usually throw it out of nowhere. It's usually some light flirtation, and then it's like the shock factor. Saying, no, I don't do those things can sound very prudish, can come across. And by the way, I'm not saying that that's not the right response. I'm saying it's not realistic. And I know this because I've talked to a lot of teenage girls. And if it was just as easy to say, no, I don't like that, or no, I'm not going to do that, It doesn't really give them any sense of like, hey, I can handle myself. So I talked about in the last episode, and I'll break it down to you very quickly right now. Instead of just simply saying, let's use a scenario, a boy says, hey, send send me some naked pics. If a girl just say, 
No. Come on. Let's come on. I just just one or a little bit. No, I don't do those types of things. Fine. That could be a good way to handle it. That, that could be sufficient. But for some reason, girls have a really hard time just saying the word no. They will usually start thinking about why. Why is he asking me this? Is he being serious? Uh, did someone take his phone? Did I put off some sort of vibrant energy that I was willing to do something like that that could incriminate myself and get myself in trouble? So most girls would go through their heads and really start to overthink this because they're trying to make sense of this boy's nonsense. Now, there's no way they could do it. They're not a boy. They don't know what it's like to be in a boy's mind. They don't know if his friend grabbed his phone and he's doing that. They don't know if someone told them to do that. They don't know if he really means it or if he's just kind of checking to see how they'll respond to it. So simply saying, no, I don't do those things, that's a little bit harder from my experience. But instead of just saying no, you can say some other things. Go back to last episode because we talked about that. But I'll give you a little bit of short example in this one, how you could handle it simply instead of saying no. You could respond something like this. Why don't you send me pictures of all your bank accounts and your social media passwords? Huh? Is what usually response teenage girls get when I told them to do this. The boy's like, what? what are you talking about? Why would I send you that? Or what are you talking about? That's weird. Then the girl can say, exactly. That's how I feel when you ask me to send you nude pics out of nowhere. Let's talk about it tomorrow at school. I have a feeling that someone else is putting you up to doing this because I don't think you would just ask for something like that. You respect me. You're not one of those type of guys. See what's going on here? You're giving someone a compliment for the person you want them to be. You're giving someone the benefit of the doubt. A lot of these F boys are boys that have gone astray. They don't really know what they're doing. They don't know how to talk to girls. Now, there are going to be some of those that aren't really just kind of trying to find a way to talk to girls and got bad advice. There are some boys out there that they really are super sexually promiscuous. Maybe they're you know really dependent or maybe even addicted to pornography in their own individual lives. Either, either way, if you say that, that gives you some like some swagger, how to handle these situations that lets someone know that, hey, listen, you're not that type of a girl, but you're also not going to be bullied, uh, pressured, or have someone make you feel uncomfortable. It's an attack on them to make them feel uncomfortable, but it's not an actual, uh, an aggressive attack. It's a, you made your move, I'm making my move back. I've never had a girl do that. And like I said, go listen to the last episode. I give a lot more details in this, but I've never had a girl say something like that. Send back funny um, gifts of like, uh, I use this example, like sending cat pictures, right? Um, this one girl, uh, the guy was like, hey, send me pictures of your breasts. So I had her find little gifts. If you don't know what gifts are, they're on everybody's phone. They're like little funny videos, whatever, uh, of breasts, like actual chicken breasts, like a chicken breast. And sent him two pictures of chicken breasts. And he's like, what the hell is this? And she's like, what the hell are you asking me to send you pictures of breasts for? I know you're not talking about my breasts. There's no way you'd ask me for that. 
it must be chicken breast because I know you're not that type of guy because you're not stupid enough to send something like that that I could screenshot or that my parents can see and that you could get in a lot of trouble, right? Every time I've had girls respond like that, guys rarely respond back or they'll say they're just joking and they never hear from those guys again. Next question. What age is appropriate for dating? Very good question. I've always said, when I got my words right, that the dating age should be based upon the mental and emotional maturity of your child. So for example, I know um, in in the Mormon church, they talk about uh, dating should be at 16 years old. However, most middle school kids are playing pretend dating. I have a boyfriend, I have a girlfriend, they're holding hands at school. So the way I see it, it's like, what are we really doing here? Are we telling our kids that they shouldn't date at all up until 16 years old when lots of them have crushes and little like school dates because that's kind of vague. By the way, I'm not saying what the Mormon church is talking about is wrong. I'm just using them as an example. I've worked with lots of bishops in the Mormon church. I've worked with lots of teenagers in the Mormon church and everybody pretty much agrees with the following statement I'm about to say. If you have kids that are 15 years old doing their chores, doing their homework, very responsible, and that kid wants to date someone, have a boyfriend, have a girlfriend, whatever it may be. Would it make sense to say, no, you have to wait until three months later when your birthday hits, like it's 21 years old for alcohol or it's 18 years old to go into the military. And then magically at 16 years old, you're now going to be able to have decisions or the ability to make decisions on who is a perfect person for you to date and date like that. I don't think so. I think it's less about the exact age now, there should be like a range there. I don't think, you know, having serious boyfriend and girlfriends for 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds isn't necessarily good either. But to say that they're not going to have a boyfriend or this person, my girlfriend, dating, I think that should really be based upon you as a parent viewing your child, where's their mental and emotional maturity, what are some other areas that they have in their life, and then you work with that with your child. I don't think that being able, it's if it was as simple as putting an age on it, I'm not saying I'd be out of work, but I wouldn't have much of a job. Everyone's going to be at different stages at different times in their life. Some kids are going to be 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, and they still shouldn't be having a boyfriend or girlfriend. But at that particular point, what are you going to do? You're going to stop them from dating someone? The thing that I worry the most is that kids are going to hide it. You don't want your kids to hide it. So I think it's less about an age, more about what they're at, where they're at mentally, emotionally, maturity, and then you guys talking about it. If you as a parent really handle this in the best way and see your kid as a partner through this process, you'll be talking to your kid saying, listen, looks like uh, you like little Johnny. If I were to guess, you guys probably uh, are a thing and you guys probably call each other boyfriend or girlfriend. Let's say you're talking to an eighth grader. Now, you know that, you know, our church and our rules, you, again, assuming that this is a Mormon uh, family, you know, our church and our rules says, you know, you shouldn't be dating until you're 16 years old. And we also realize, you know, we can't stop you from liking someone. Now, we're not going to really allow you to date them and make it, you know, easy for you. But we want to talk to you about it so that you know that where we're coming from. Now, in our family, 16 is really like kind of one of those things like when you get that age, you can be free to date whoever you want to date, have a boyfriend or girlfriend. But really, regardless what age you are, being in long-term relationships with any one person you know, it could get you into some sticky situations. Do you have any friends that have been dating someone else for a long period of time and and those relationships, you know, cause some challenges? And do you have friends that have been in a relationship for a long period of time where it seems to be fine? Start a conversation with them. Start talking to them about where they think they're at and what do they really want. 
if you tell your kids it's this way or the highway and that's it, you're not teaching them anything. You're not having a conversation where they can give you back and forth information. You're teaching them, in my opinion, how to get better at hiding that information. If you have a good partnership, a good relationship with your kids, they will be more open to talk to you. Now, if you still want to use 16, by the way, I'm not saying that you can't use this and this is bad, just to be very clear. But if you still want to use 16 as it like, hey, that's like the day you graduate from high school, the day you get you know, a driver's license, like one of those pivotal things, and say, until you turn 16, we're not going to stop you from dating this person, but this person can't like come with us out to a dinner and hang out in the sense where we're allowing this to be like a real thing. You guys can keep an at-school relationship. You guys can text. You guys can message each other and stuff like that. But we're not going to allow you or we're not going to say, hey, listen, this is her boyfriend. This is, uh, you know, if you guys have an anniversary, you know, we're not going to be like, oh, yeah, uh, we're going to help you uh, with some money to buy him a card for your anniversary. So I'm not saying those parents, uh, you have to have to support them dating whenever they want to date. You can keep it at 16, but I think realistically, you should be looking at more from a perspective of what's their mental, emotional maturity. Do they have other areas in their life put together? They do have other areas in their life put together and they go to homecoming, they go to different types of dances and they like someone, they want to start dating them. Then establish specific rules for their age that you think they can handle. But the best thing to do is have a conversation with them about the highs and the lows of dating someone so that they're learning as they're talking with you as opposed to you just teaching them and telling them what you think is right for them and create a lot of disconnection, <clears throat> disagreement that doesn't allow them to weigh in on their perspective. You want them, whether you agree with them or not, you want your kids to be able to weigh in on things. People develop their personality by being able to express themselves, right or wrong. If your kids have an opinion, their opinion by technically cannot be wrong. It's just their opinion. Now, can they change that opinion later on after experiences? Absolutely. So your opinion on them dating, it's your opinion too. But to force it upon your kids to make it mandatory where there's strict rules and then they ask you why and you're like, well, because I said so or because our church said so. Those don't really make you look like you're a person speaking from any real knowledge or wisdom. Instead, have conversations with them. Haven't had a family have done this, that have really taken the time to do this, that really had major issues with the dating. Now they may have issues with the person they're dating, but not dating as a whole. <clears throat> okay, next one. Uh, what words use up front so it is clear that they're not... Oh, okay, what words... Uh, let me see this. What words to use up front so it is clear they are not interested in sex? What words to use up front so it's clear that they are not interested in using sex? Okay, I'm going to have to guess on this one because I'm not quite sure what this means. And I've said like four times what it says. What words to use up front so it is clear they are not interested in sex? This sounds like to me that this might be a little bit of a... Um, a parent wanting clarification and wanting validation that their child is not interested in sex, but they need to talk to them about the importance of sex because it's part of, you know, human existence because they wouldn't be here if sex did not exist. Um, I'm guessing that this is a parent that wants to be able to talk about sex without like somehow influencing your kid about it. Unless your kid is raised in a bubble, unless your kid is really, really sheltered, which no disrespect because some people do have, uh, especially after the pandemic, have their kids pretty much on um, uh, a tighter leash, so to speak. 
and they don't really get a lot of outside socialization with uh, peers their age. I'm pretty sure from content on YouTube, shows on Netflix, their friends at school, that they naturally know quite a bit about sex. They may not know how the, how the act actually works. They may not have had it. At least I hope they haven't had it. If they're this young, where you're thinking about talking to them. But I don't think the right thing to do is to have questions or to try to talk to them about it in a way that doesn't expose it. In fact, um, when you're saying the words up front so it doesn't clear that they're not interested in sex, if you're trying to get information from your kid that they're not interested in sex, I think that's the wrong conversation. I think the right conversation is to start talking about sex, not to normalize it so it makes it easy for them to do it, but to normalize it so that they're not ashamed about having feelings towards other people. Wanting to have sex with someone is different from having an attraction to someone. I can remember, I think most people listening to this can remember a time in their life where like, oh my gosh, that girl's so cute or that guy's so cute or attractive. Oh my gosh. And like you get the butterflies when you're around them, you're flirting with them, you're talking to them. And in that whole entire thought process, it never even dawned on me to go, oh, I want to put my body part inside of their body part. That's where it's just still kind of innocent. And I think a lot of parents, you know, we expect that that's going to happen. But the fear of the episode that I gave about how to avoid F-boys is very simple. Just because your child does not want to have sex or isn't thinking about that doesn't mean that someone else's kid hasn't been abusing pornography. Maybe they're sexually molested when they're younger, which triggers a hypersexuality. Um, if you didn't know that, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes when kids are sexually molested when they're younger, it can create a hypersexuality for them at a much younger age than their normal development would normally... Uh, Maybe normally when they're 16, 17 years old, they start thinking about sex, but those are things because they experienced some type of sensation in their privates Um, when they're younger. Obviously, it was a bad experience, but it can be very confusing because those experiences can awaken something physiologically inside the body that can make them feel good, make them curious, so on and so forth. Also, too, if someone watches pornography at a young age, that's going to spark that curiosity. It's going to trigger those uh, dopamine responses in the brain of like, oh, wow. If I look at a girl or if I, if, if I can get a girl to show me those types of parts of her body, then somehow that can give me that same type of high. So for those parents that want to protect your kids from other kids who are hypersexual and who are wanting to uh, make advancements and moves on your kid, and you want to know if this has happened, you got to have a conversation with them, but not a conversation with them where you're interrogating them, asking them <clears throat> a bunch of questions. The conversation should be more like, hey, listen, I don't know how much you know about sex. And I don't know if you've come across people that have tried to ask you for pictures or try to ask you for um, to do certain things. Um, And if you haven't, well, that's good. If you have, you can come and talk to us about it. But I did want to talk to you about some things that you can do and we'd really like you to do if someone were to text you and ask you to send pictures of your body. Instead of trying to get a feel if your if your child would do that or if they're interested in those things, it's best to educate them, giving them some street knowledge. Now, granted, you want to use uh, age-appropriate language, but for those parents out there who are really scared of saying words like, you know, anything like like masturbation or sending nude pictures, if your kid's eight, nine years old, I, I get it if you don't want to use those words. But as your kids start to get older, 
words are not, if you use those words, it doesn't somehow mean that they're going to want to do those things. That's a huge mistake that a lot of parents make that they use more vague words and they beat around the bush and the kid's like, what are we talking about? The, the parents just kind of circling. Now the other extreme, some parents just say the most boldest, blandest things because they don't like feeling uncomfortable in the sexual conversation. So they just go, well, you know, what I'm trying to ask you is like, did someone ask you to send them pictures of their boobs or what? Of your boobs or what? I've had dads like blurt out things and the mom and the daughter's like, dad, come on, like a little much. So you want to have some tact. You want to be appropriate, but you got to be direct too enough so that it's not confusing to your kid. That's how I'd suggest start off with conversations, talk them using real words. Don't use fake words and, and cheesy, fluffy words because you're scared that somehow if you say the word um, sexual pictures that somehow they're going to be curious and want to go send them. No, you're educating them that these are things that are happening on the internet. Kids are getting cell phones a lot sooner than they're wanting to have sex. So if, you're, if your 12-year-old has a cell phone, not interested in sex at all, but a 12-year-old F-boy says, hey, send me some nude pictures or, hey, uh, can you do these types of things to me? And your daughter doesn't really know what's going on. You want to have those conversations with your daughter so she does know what that boy's referring to because she may actually say yes to something. She doesn't really know what's going on. Now, that has happened plenty of times before. And with the whole pleasing, if a girl wants to be liked or she's interested in that guy or scared and doesn't know what to say, well, then she's going to need some language. So it's important for you to use real language with her or your kids so that they can respond to real language from other kids their age. Next question, what would be some red flags? Okay, some red flags of sexually promiscuous boys. Uh, one, we've already talked about a lot, if they ask for nude pictures. Two, if they say a lot of sexual things like, oh, I love your butt. Oh man, you've, you've got nice this and that. Or if they make fun of, your body part sexually. So what some F boys will do, they'll do the opposite. Like, Oh, look at you. Like, um, they're not, it's not the same of, as bullying. It's like they're flirting with the girl and they'll say things like, dang, you're really beautiful. And you'd be great if you only had bigger boobs or, you know, you'd be perfect if your butt was nicer or, you know, if you just change this one thing about you, like then you'd be really hot. Those are just so shocking. When boys say those things to girls, it's like, wait, what? Like, it could be something that they're insecure about already. But what happens is it's this reverse psychology. Now she's like, wait, instead of being offended, she's like, wait, someone doesn't like this part about me. I don't like that part about me either. And, a, and then the girl goes, well, what do you mean? I have small boobs. Well, yeah, I mean, look at your boobs. I mean, they're, I mean, you'd be perfect if you had big boobs and that a girl could say like, well, I know I don't have big boobs, but like, like they're actually really good shaped. And then a boy would be like, oh yeah, send me a pic. See the bait and switch. Uh, you know, if if your butt wasn't so big, uh, you'd you'd be a lot more attractive. Well, my butt's not that big. I think I have a really nice butt. Well, I mean, it's a little bit bigger than most, but I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it just looks that way because the pants you're wearing. Send me a picture of it, and I'll tell you. This is a move by a lot of f boys. Okay, shocking things, playing emotional games, telling a girl like, "Hey, listen, uh, do you want to be my girlfriend?" Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, uh, are we going to make out today? Can, can I do this? Can I do that with you? Because if we're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend, or if a girl wants to be his boy, uh, his girlfriend, and he, the boy knows she likes him, he can say things like, okay, well, you can be my girlfriend, but, you know, to be my girlfriend, like, we're not just be holding hands, or whatever, like, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend means we're going to do other things. Like, we're going to make out, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. 
Those are the types of things F boys would say. They put ultimatums on things. Like I will give you my time and attention more and make you feel great if you give me what I want. Oh, that's another thing. F boys usually come on really hard, like really aggressive in the, I'm so attracted to you. You're so beautiful. You're so pretty. Texting all the time, just thinking about you. Pouring tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of obsessive energy, anxious, like to talk to them. Where you been? What you think about? If a girl gets all this attention and she's been feeling insecure, that is something that's like, whoa, can overwhelm her with feelings and emotions. That's another sign you got to watch out for. These types of boys will look for girls specifically who have the lower insecurities or they'll test to see it. And if they like that extra attention, great. If the girl's like, whoa, that's too much of attention, then those boys are usually like, okay, she's she's got some self-esteem. They don't think this, but this is kind of what's happening. She's got some self-esteem. She's got some self-worth. She doesn't really, she's not really buying that. I'm over her. I'm off to someone else. One question I got here, it says, that's it exactly. This mom is referring to uh, my comment uh, or my question. Like, what can we do to help out, you know, your daughter's uh, avoid sexually promiscuous boys. She says, what can we as parents help them see to prevent it? First off, you want to find out what they already know, what their friends are talking about, what they see. So you can do a simple highs and lows. Like, hey, what are some of the highs about boys your age? And what are some of the lows? Now, as a parent, you got to be able to take a little to get a little. So what that means is you got to allow your kids to speak more openly and honestly about some of the highs of boys my age is that um, they're starting to get muscles. Now, if a mom goes, oh, don't say that. It's like, are you looking at boys' muscles? Now you lost them. There's not going to be a conversation. You could say something like, oh, what are some of the um, highs about boys your age? Or what are some of the highs about when a boy likes you? Maybe that's a better question. What are some of the highs about when a boy likes you? And what are some of the highs about um, when you like a boy? What are some of the lows about when a boy likes you? What are some of the lows about when you like a boy? In that simple discussion right there, you will get lots of feedback. If you do this with uh, multiple daughters, if you have multiple daughters, maybe it's your daughter and her friend, what you're doing is you're showing curiosity, but you're allowing them this opportunity to talk openly and you become a fly on the wall. You have to be comfortable with things that they say. If you try to parent or correct every single thing that they talk about and ask them questions, why do they think that? Why? Well, I, I didn't know you liked it You know, when boys uh, send you notes or this and that. In that, you'll get a better understanding where they are at with their sexuality, meaning like, what are they thinking about? And when I say sexuality, I don't mean if they want to have sex or not. I mean their sexual development. What uh, is attractive to them? You do not have to want to have sex with someone just because you're attracted to them because you think they're cute. And for the young kids and teenagers that do actually find someone attractive, there's usually a process of courtship, meaning they're dating or they're flirting for a while before it just goes into sex. Teenagers, unlike adults on dating apps, very rarely are looking to just have sexual intimacy with random strangers. They usually have to find something attractive about them, find that that person is attractive to them, observe that person at school for a long time, get a crush on that person, and then it slowly leads to those other things. So in this, in this instance, I want you to talk to your kids, have conversations with them, see where they're at in their thoughts and feelings, and they'll expose that in conversation. Then once they're there and they highlight some of the negative things about certain boys, those negatives will be things about F boys. You can even bring it up and say, hey, do you know what F boys are? And if they're a teenager, they'll probably say, yeah. 
and then go, yeah, man, you know, I didn't really know much about it. And then pull up the definition on Urban Dictionary or on some sort of definition online and read it and say, man, like, um, I'm guessing that there's some boys like this at your school. Do you know any boys like this? I'm not asking that uh, for you to, like, narc these boys out. But I'm just wondering, like, man, like, if there are boys like this, like, would you know how to spot them? But you're kind of saying it like a question, like, to the universe, not specifically to them. And then you can start Googling it with them to figure out what are some tips and some some things you could do, maybe even play a uh, part of this podcast to help them be more aware of what are some things that they should be looking for and watch out for. And it's more of a conversation. If you're trying to tell your kids, avoid these boys, don't talk to these boys, these boys are bad, you may trigger some curiosity in them. But if you're just talking about it in a conversation, then you'll start to see, oh, this is actually just information about there's a real thing called F-boys. And it's not just when a girl's mad at a boy, she calls him an F-boy. Because some girls say, oh, that boy, he's just a player. He's just this and that, you know. And other girls be like, oh, yeah, well, shoot. You know, I bet I could get him to settle down. Or, you know, he may be playing you, but, you know, um, he likes me or I'm different. There's a lot of naive thoughts and feelings about young people. Some adults have some of those same bad patterns where they want to tame the the, the wild boar. They want to tame the person who can't be tamed. It's like a personal challenge. Information, informed consent, letting them know if you start dating these types of boys, you'll know it because they'll manifest it in these types of behaviors. Mm-hmm.